trials and tribulations of midlife. Everything from parenting hormonal teens to night sweats and plummeting libidos. No subject is off limits. We hope you'll be informed, entertained and empowered by some of the guests we'll bring you in each episode. But for our very first podcast, we would like to tell you a bit about us and our own midlife musings. I'm Lisa Manning. I'm a former TV journalist and presenter. I'm mum to a horse mad Maya, who's 15 and a half. We live in the rural Waikato and we have a horse, a dog, a cat and a few cows. And it's a far cry from my life as a TV reporter, but I've never been so busy pretending to be a farmer and a horsey mum. And I'm Sean Noble Campbell. I am a farmer's wife and teacher. I'm mum to James and Emma. He's already left home and Emma is about to flee the nest and head off to Lincoln University. And we've known each other for what, eight, about eight years? Yep, something like that. I remember Maya being very little at Pukekawas Primary School. Yeah. And you taught her, which was really how we started to talk to each other. That's right. We, um, I think I had her in year three. Um, and that's how we met and realised that we had uh, lots in common. Our love of tea would be one of them. And, um, and the odd gin. And the odd gin, yeah, on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so we, yep, we've become good friends since then and we um, have talked a lot about our midlife journey, haven't we, over the years? Yeah, we have. Uh, I remember, I think the first time we probably talked about it was to do around exercise, wasn't it? Ah, yes. And the workouts with Robin. Yes. And what should we be doing best, you know, for, for at our age of, at our time of life? Yeah, which at the time, I mean, if that was, um, you know, five, six, seven years ago, I was probably, you know, early perimenopausal then. But um, lots, lots of similar, you know, symptoms and, you know, stages of life, lots of things in common with what the kids were doing. And um, so my kids are a little bit older than yours, aren't they, Lisa? So I was sort of going through all that parenting teens thing before my, <clears throat> before my was actually a teenager. Yes, but because both of our girls had this love of horses, it sort of took us down another road, didn't it? Because we were both at Pony Club together. Yes, and um, I think our friendship went to another level when we were both on the committee of the Pony Club. Um, I was president and you were my vice. Yes, and we a good team we made. We did, <laughs> yes. And we also had uh, uh, music and things in common that we liked. And now mums, both of our mums were poorly, weren't they, in their later years? So that was something that I think helped unify our friendship. Yeah, definitely. Um, yes, having that experience of um, losing your mums, you know, that definitely is a bond that um, brought us closer together, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, obviously, that... For a lot of women in midlife, you've got to face up to the possibility or even indeed the, you know, the actual act of losing a parent. And it's not something that you can really understand or help people with unless it's happened to you. No, totally agree there. Um, I think, you know, that's why a lot of people call them the sandwich years, don't they? You're sandwiched right in the middle. You've got your bringing your children up, um, heading them towards adulthood on, on one side of the coin 
and on the other side of the coin you've got these aging parents that you know have suddenly um might may have health concerns may pass away but and, and also you might end up looking after them mm, um yeah. so and it can be a really challenging you know thing at the best of times let alone when you're going through some of the um hormonal issues that 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 midlife brings I mean the anxiety I remember feeling when Maya was young and then when my mum was getting sick it would have been hard anyway but I think now looking back you know the menopause thrown into the mix I feel I'm lucky I didn't go completely mental (laughs) Mm. and that and you think about it our midlife often coincides with our teenagers going through puberty. So you've got, you know, we're dealing with um, hormones that are going up and down, you know, in the space of 12 hours. Um, and our teens are doing, you know, the same thing's happening for them. So, you know, you can really understand why some families have some real clashing of heads and um you know some difficult times to to for both people to to you know understand what's going on for them mm-hmm. and when we first started talking about what was going on in our own bodies i mean we were asking each other questions but we you know it wasn't easy to find answers initially was it not until we really started to dig and realize that there was this massive gap in the in the in, in the knowledge base and it, it you know there, were, there weren't books in the library that were easily accessible about menopause no not at all I mean I'm a real uh, a reader so if I'm in the doctors you know I want a pamphlet and there was nothing absolutely nothing and um then I went online and you know started to do a little bit of research about some of the symptoms and to be honest at the start of it all I didn't think there were any other symptoms other than um, hot flushes and maybe a bit of um, bit of rage yeah yeah <laughs> you know I had no idea that there were you know 40 symptoms for the perimenopause and in fact I hadn't actually even heard the word perimenopause didn't even know what Perry meant so you know and that's not that long ago is it no not at all I remember us talking about you know the the that sort of what they colloquial call the muffin top that sort of mid uh the 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 layer of um rolls for want of a better word Mm. that we find uh growing around our middles I'm touching mine as we speak but it's we were thinking you know what what do we do about that is is that is that just it have we got to put up with that yeah, and um, sometimes they go from a mini muffin to a mega muffin, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a constant battle. Mm. So we recognised, didn't we, probably a couple of years ago, that women needed support, and I think the fact that people weren't talking—you don't talk about menopause until you suddenly find that it's happening. You are perimenopausal. Why is there this silence? Why is there some shame around it? What's that about? Well, interesting. Reading um, one of the new books that has come out um, about you know the history behind the menopause and how it's been looked at over time, um, it seems like a lot of the um, information that was given about menopause was mainly from men. 
<laughs> who, let's be honest, what do they know? Mm. And were only really concerned about it because they wanted their wives to be mm. active and um, mm. back to normal, as it were. Yeah, mm. yeah. So there's, um, yeah, there's lots has changed in the last, well, probably from when we started um, looking. You know, there seems to be such a um, need for information, you know, especially for women that before they're in the middle of it. You know, I mean, I, I was listening to a podcast yesterday where um, Dr. Louise Newsom was talking and with Mariella Foster and she, they were saying how they really would like to see women when they get to the back, you know, the age of 40, get brought into their GPs to have a chat to to sort of prepare them what's going to happen to them mm. um a midlife checkup sort of yeah, yeah yeah and so you know some of these symptoms are talked about it's not something that they don't realize has got anything to do with menopause because a lot of the symptoms you wouldn't automatically assume had anything to do with menopause no things like your aching joints or mm. I mean you know a lot about my anxiety. I took myself off to a cardiologist because I thought something was wrong with my heart because I suddenly had this, you know, sort of palpitation-y um, uh, anxiety that was going on and, uh, you know, spent some money getting myself checked. And since then, I know that that's something that other women have done. Mm. And it's a it's a very common symptom of, of mm. menopause. And could be, you know, that could have been easily avoided with, you know, some more information that we just feel as... Um, been a little bit lacking in New Zealand mm. well I think everywhere but um you know but in the UK there's definitely a resurgence of um information's coming out and people are trying to change make changes yes they've realized haven't they that the, the way menopause has been referred to in the past often by men is almost as a disease and it's not a disease it's a biological part of life for 50 percent of the population which is shocking that it's not more widely discussed, that there aren't more support groups, that workplaces don't have um, practices in place to, to help women who, um, who are menopausal, even if it's just making desks available that are near to a window so you can open a window if you're, if you're yeah. having a hot flush. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the shame that's attached with all of that, you know, by making um, that information you know, everyone's talking about it. Um, you know, I know that my family are a hell of a lot more uh, well-versed on menopause symptoms since we've been um, researching for the podcast. You know, awareness is a huge, a huge help, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah. I, think, I think that that's one of the things that we're going to be trying to do. Yes. Starting the conversation so that hopefully our girls, Maya and Emma you know, don't grow up as we did, knowing nothing until it suddenly hits them. We want it to just be part of an everyday conversation or part, certainly part of their knowledge as they're growing up and not to be ashamed, not to be silent about it, not to whisper uh, whisper about it, or but to be more confident. And um, as, uh, before I forget, because as we know, <laughs> brain fog for both of us is a huge issue, uh, on that particular podcast, um, Mariella Fostrup said that in the UK, research shows that one in five, 20% of women in the workforce who are menopausal leave their jobs mm. because 
of the menopause in it for whatever reason mm. that's shocking isn't it it is because you know they're they're often seen as you know past their best where I actually think it's the exact opposite when you're heading into midlife you've got the wealth of experience um you've got so much to offer and yet you know some of the symptoms that they're putting up with means that they don't feel like they can continue their job which is you know it's just terrible really well the cost of ignoring the menopause mm. I would think would far outweigh the cost of treating it because you know I ran off to the cardiologist to get myself checked mm. out it, that in itself was a small fortune had I known more about it and 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 realized that it was part of um menopause I would have saved myself or probably would have saved myself some money but it, it's the ongoing cost to society when you're not looking after 50% of the population. That's right. And if you think about a female's natural um, ability to nurture, you think about all those um, women who could be nurturing younger um, members of the workforce, you know, supporting them. Well, I hate to say it, but they're not going to get as much of that from the opposite sex, are they? Um so, you know, by losing them from the workforce, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot more than just the person sat on the seat that they're, that they're losing out on. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're, we're having our own little rant about this and, mm -hmm. and sharing our thoughts on it. But it was, it was these thoughts that started off our journey to, to this place. You know, we, we, we started um, Midlife Down Under as a Facebook page and we couldn't believe how quickly um, people were joining. I mean, we're, you know, in just a few short weeks, we've got over 500 members and it's really active on that group, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And that, I think, is just, you know, such a clear um, example of, of why it, this is needed. The Facebook group, I mean, it's all very well getting um, uh, 500 members, but if they're not interacting on it, um, they obviously don't feel confident to do so. So to me, it's really heartening to see that people are sharing their experiences, asking questions, giving recommendations, um, which is, you know, is helping us all. Uh, so, you know, the pri and it's a private Facebook group. So um, you can share in a safe place. In a safe place. And, um, you know, I think, that's, I think that's a really beautiful thing. Mm. Yeah. And the next, you know, what seemed natural to us was to develop a podcast because, but well, podcasts are really popular in other parts of the world, aren't they? In the UK and the States, they're, mm. you know, very, very popular because you can do lots of things while you're listening to a podcast. You can be doing your gardening or you can be doing exercise, going for a walk in your car, driving. So, you know, we're hoping that we will bring some joy and entertainment and information to people's lives through our podcast. Absolutely. I think um, podcasting is, is going to grow in popularity in New Zealand. And um, I think that, you know, once people actually have experienced, uh, yeah, the flexibility of the podcast, it's a bit like TV on demand, isn't it? You know, you can stop it and start it and, uh, you know, whenever you like. Um, you can't really do that with a uh, live 
radio show, can you? No, no. So uh, a podcast for those perhaps who are not used to listening to them is sort of like a mini radio program in a way, isn't it? So we are going to bring you some experts. I mean, well, we should say right up front, we're not experts at all, are we? Well, you might not be. (laughs) (laughs) But we're not claiming to have all the answers, but we're going to find people who will have some of the answers to the questions. Yeah, and it's and it's not just all about menopause. Um, obviously, that's a big part of midlife, but there are lots of other topics that we can delve into. And uh, I'm really looking forward to um, finding some experts and interesting guests on loads of different things, from nutrition and um, exercise, um, you know, lifestyle. Fashion, entertainment, yeah, new new careers. You know, there's this. We've, we're getting heading into a really exciting stage of life, and you know, hopefully, we're going to be able to bring some um, interest and excitement to the podcast that we share. We do have some guests already lined up. I'm thrilled to be able to tell you. Tell us about that, Sean. Well, well, I. Uh, First guest after us is going to be um, Nikki Bazond. We're going to interview her soon, and she has just brought out a book called "This Changes Everything," which is uh, the honest guide to menopause and perimenopause. And we've both been reading um, a copy of that, getting to grips with um, the first New Zealand menopause book that we've seen um, out this January and so far so good I'm really enjoying reading it and I can't wait to interview Nikki and find out about her midlife journey and of course we'd love to hear from our listeners uh, and our uh, members who perhaps are on the Facebook page on midlife down under who what you what you would like to hear about you know if there's something that you think would make a really good topic or a regular segment uh, in the podcast Get in touch with us. Let us know what you'd like to hear about because we we do want to make it as varied as possible. Because let's face it, at midlife, you're as interested in all the things across the spectrum as you were before midlife. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if, you know, suddenly people's interests change. It's just that you're dealing with other things as well. Yes, you are. So you're just as busy. But sometimes I think midlife is um, a great opportunity to actually spend a bit more time on your interests. Hopefully... Um, your children are a wee bit more independent if you have children. Um, it's time to get a bit of, you know, things that light your fire back. So hopefully we can help you, yeah, find some new things to be interested in. And you actually, you did exactly that uh, the other day, didn't you? You just took yourself off for a couple of days just to have a wee think about, you know, what you wanted to achieve and um, how to get your mojo back, I think is how you put it to me. Yeah, I did. I I went um, and had a few days away in our little motorhome and took the books that I needed to read and um, spent some time thinking about, you know, I've got a big milestone birthday this year and um, I want to make the second act better than the first. So you need to think about, you know, how you're going to do that, what my goals personally are going to be um and so I yeah I had three days to myself you know oh it was just fantastic to be honest it was just fantastic I love um 
I'm going somewhere where I can go for a bush walk, I can go for a bike ride, I can swim and um, also lots of time spent thinking about um, yeah, time that you don't, when you're at home you don't have a lot of time to think about yourself do you, you're, all, you're always got other things on your agenda. So luckily um, Andrew, my husband, was quite happy to uh, see me go and yeah, <laughs> I came back energised, I'm going to get fit, I'm going to make sure I do a tramp every year, um, I'm going to buy an e-bike, what else am I going to do? Um, yeah, mainly health and um, health and fitness based goals because uh, that's what I felt I needed a bit of a boot in the right direction with mm. um but yeah i i i came back and i just yeah felt really positive mm. how are you sleeping at the moment pretty well i have had that's one of the symptoms that i think i think can cause a lot of the other symptoms if i'm really honest um i've had i've had i've always had trouble getting to sleep to be honest it hasn't i've never found it easy um and then I definitely went through a stage of waking up to three, four o'clock in the morning and for, you know, being wide awake. Really, I probably should have got up and tried to, you know, get something achieved because there certainly was no sleep going on. But then when you wake up at seven, you just feel like rubbish. Exhausted. Yeah. And so um, someone suggested, I can't think who, to try powdered magnesium. And powdered magnesium, I'm not sure whether it is absorbed better than pills, but anyway, uh, I think it might be stronger, I'm not sure. It has definitely helped. HRT, I, I've been on HRT patches and I noticed um, that my sleep was better when I was on those. There has been a slight hiccup there because um, supply has been a bit iffy over, over COVID, so... I'm waiting to um, get back on the old HRT. Mm. And that's something we'll be talking about more and more over the weeks and months ahead, I'm sure. Yeah, mm. definitely, because, um, yes, it can make a lot, big difference to a lot of those symptoms. And the other thing that we hinted at earlier uh, that has been a problem is for both of us is brain fog, so much so that I know a few years ago when I was um, completely overwhelmed and, and uh, thinking, am I going mad?, it's it's good to know that so many women on on midlife down under our facebook page uh, have experienced exactly the same thing look at us sometimes we can't remember who's <laughs> who's writing which letter to who and we both come and say well were you doing it or we can't remember can we no. and we've written it down and we still can't remember yeah no it's brain fog is it can be quite debilitating um i think well i think um it's something that we all um, suffer from to some extent, but when midlife hits, my God, you, you literally feel like you're going mad. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a number of people were mentioning they thought they had early onset Alzheimer's or dementia. Um, no, seriously. Mm. So it's, it is definitely a thing, and... Um, you know, one of our favourite words in our house is, oh, God, she's got brain fog again. But um, it'd be good to know exactly why that happens, why the depletion of your hormones causes that. So perhaps we can that can be yeah. something that we can aim to uh, shed some light on. It would be interesting to find out because that's 
possibly one of the symptoms that is um, a little harder to pin down. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, as I said before, if you have uh, questions that you want answered, please do get in touch with us. And a reminder as well that this podcast, although we call ourselves uh, Midlife Down Under, it's not just for women down under in New Zealand or Australia, but actually we've got members uh, right across the globe already. We do. I'm quite every um, week or so. I check to see if we've got a new country on our list of um, members of the private Facebook group, and it's growing. We have. We've got somebody in Portugal, uh, Italy, Germany, mm. UK, uh, America. So fantastic! Please do tell your friends about us. I'm sure that you know if you're if you're listening, you will have other midlife friends. Spread the word and be part of the conversation. So please subscribe to Midlife Down Under so you don't miss out on any new episodes. Thanks for listening. We'd love your feedback. Send us a message to midlifedownunder at gmail.com. And join our private Facebook group, Midlife Down Under. Bye for now.